You're listening to the Multifamily Innovation Show with Patrick Antrim, your source for innovative strategies for multifamily professionals, CEOs, executive leaders, and aspiring leaders that want to drive high-performance results for their property or portfolio. All right, we are live with you all for another recap of the Multifamily Innovation Advisory Council meeting. We had an amazing morning with some amazing leaders. We're now north of 1.5 million units. We'll be 3 million units by the end of the year. And I'm joined here with two great leaders. We've got Ryan Burgess here. He's the Executive Vice President of, of Multifamily Leadership and Director of Partnerships with Multifamily Innovation Council. So happy to have him joining us today. I also have Kerry Kirby here on the show. He is the founder and CEO of 365 Connect and leads up the technology initiatives here on the council and and was really useful to have on board here in the discussions that we had today. So the topic that we talked about today was introducing products into our industry in a world where costs are rising and just getting some perspectives from the leaders on that. Gentlemen, any any words you want to share? Yeah, I think it was a, a great meeting. Again, my favorite meeting of the week, every every week, some familiar faces, but just tons to learn from, especially coming from the sales side, you know, over 10 years of sales experience in this industry. And just, you know, you've always lived with this thought of how do you, you know, introduce your products? How do you ask for more of an expenditure when it's not budgeted for that year? What does that look like? And then what are the obstacles? And it's just, it was a refreshing look into what operators are experiencing and what it takes to introduce products. And, you know, and, you know, that sometimes, you know, the vendors might just need to stay out of the way and actually, and listen is probably the big takeaway there. Yeah. And Trevor, hello. See the tuning in live with us. So this is live on the multifamily innovation podcast as well. So you can catch this episode plus other episodes at multifamilyinnovation.com. Just click on podcast. You can subscribe and get alerted to upcoming shows. Carrie, what, what were your thoughts coming in and learning some of the discussions that came through today? I think the biggest thing is everybody does not want to be sold to. They want to kind of bypass the, the salespeople. If there's a product they're interested in, they really want to learn really hot works. I, th- I think what I'm hearing is, hey, Sometimes we're sold things and they don't do, you know, what we were told they do after we get them. So they want a deeper understanding how it works. They want to be educated. They want to know what is this? And I took some notes. I'm going to glance at my notes real quick. But, yeah, I've got um, two and a half pages. It was a lot today. Yeah. But, you know, some of the vetting. Does it solve a problem? Does it solve a problem that we have? Does it produce produce more revenue? Is it going to help us either through operations, bring some costs down and produce more revenue? Or is it a, you know, can we identify how it produces revenue to it? Another interesting thing I heard is, is you know, look, a couple of people said we have documents. So you, you want to present something? Fill this out. Tell us what you do, why it's different, and, and you know, how, how does it work? How does it integrate? What's it going to do for us? What's the value proposition here? So I think there were some heavy takeaways for any vendor out selling in the industry is 
you know, you've got to be very educated on the product. I, I heard that, look, there's a lot of turn going on in the industry right now. Maybe we're getting people that are, you know, just brush over, hey, this is what it is. This is what it does. Go sell it. And they don't have a deep enough knowledge of the product. And I think as soon as you kind of enter and get in that, that path, it, it's not a good place to be in because then it's going to be like, you know, we, we don't hear about it. <laughs> so, yeah. And, you know, we heard a couple of conversations around the moratorium of even introducing a new product and the fact that they're just not, you know, so I, 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 I am empathetic to the sales leaders out there and even the, VPs that are asking their sales teams to convert, chase down leads and get them to call back. But there are some clients that are just choosing that they're not doing anything right now in some circumstances, but they are, I heard that they are, it gives them a time to get educated. So they are still learn. They're still interested in learning about the things, but they're not taking the meeting. They're not taking the product right now and gives them time for staging. I heard that gives them time to think like strategically about when to do these things. Because, you know, we heard about the employee experience as much as the customer experience. Um, And they thought, you know, having the industry partner, spending some time, keeping them informed and educated. That was another thing that I heard as a a theme as well. Because tons of factors can come into play, whether it's budget season, we make our decisions at this time of the year, we if it's an RFP situation, you're generally taking on multiple proposals and making decisions in a very methodical process. And you can also just think about, I've got an upgrade happening in another department. There's no way I could even take a look at this. I can't just change the, the fabric of a whole department because a lot of times when you're implementing technologies and things like that, that's what you're asking people to do. It's going to take all hands on deck. And a lot of times they just don't have the manpower because we hear a lot of people in these organizations talking about they wear multiple hats and, and it's just not a, not a top of mind right now. Yeah. I, th- I thought Patrick, the moratorium was, you know, very interesting and, in, in you know, look, we, we don't want to deploy, you know, or have this endless thing of, of products. So if we've, we're going to adopt something and get it out there, we don't want to be distracted. We, we don't even want to see anything else. We want to get through this stuff and and then look at it. And I, I think one of the terms that was used was there's a lot of shiny objects floating around. Yes. We want to know what. But you know what else I heard, Carrie, was the partnerships with those shiny objects in that instead of there's a, there was the feeling of there's an attempt to duplicate or replicate products and partnerships were very you know important that referenced a few industries that are that are successful in doing that but these partners working together you know even going deeper on like when you say you're integrated it's like well what does that really mean like how and, what, and getting that product really, person, oh yeah you know to the table yeah i thought the partnership thing was interesting because i think what i took away from that was they're looking for like more unified vendors to come to the table together and say, look, I've got this. I know it's maybe missing this little piece to the puzzle, but I have that piece integrated here. They're best at what they do here. We're best at what they do there. And we have 
you know, integrated this thing so tight, so seamless that one won't know the other exists. Right. And I, I think that's what they're looking for. And it, it's interesting. And we did get it out of industry model utilizing an airline actually. And I thought, thought it was, it was very interesting. So I do like that aspect, people integrating products, two different vendors, let's not compete, let's unify and let's go in and, and make this products better. And to that point, Carrie, we, we got some pretty fierce, fierce people on our, on our call this morning and that aren't, that aren't afraid to stand up and actually say, these are the, these are the things that we need in order to move our business forward. And usually it's the bigger the company, the more, you know, more, the more the vendor or whoever that is, is leans in to make some of those things happen. So takeaway there was be bullish and you gotta, you gotta look out for your business. If, if they're looking out for their business, their sales pipelines, you equally need to push back and be as, and have as much say in how, what that partnership looks like. Right. And, and, you know, they, and following up a little bit on what you said earlier, Carrie, was bringing the, the, peop, the, the people that are behind the product to the conversation, you know, reaching beyond the sales discussion and, and sort of the, the sales objections or even the responses to some of those more detailed questions. And I really liked what we had a, a council member share the idea of they, they, they put their, they put the client or the, the vendor through, here's our process. Here's how we take, here's our journey of the customer. Here's how we take people through the process. And then it's like, well, tell us how your product solves that instead of first hearing like, here's our product and here's how it works. And here's, it can do this and it can do that. And the feature set is this and it integrates. It was very useful to hear them say, well, we lay out the journey that our business is on and then answer to us how your product fits within that. I thought that was really compelling and, you know, balancing. So that's a, that's a very useful situation to think about. I mean, if you're just trying to sell into the industry. Yeah. And if you're at a conference, for example, and you hear somebody tell you the big idea as you move along into conversations in a sales process or, if you're educating through other means, through content marketing and, and things like that, then you're able to get a more granular look at how those things actually work together, how that fits in your tech stack and how you're going to actually succeed as a partner. Yeah. I, you know, I, you know, I've heard loud and clear, not, not here, but before I think Ryan, you're probably a good thing. You're not in that game anymore, but I, I, I think, you know, it's 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 like the evolution. We see it happening in the in, in the property side where they're saying, "Look, um, you know, we want to repurpose some of our people. We want to repurpose our leasing agents and, and let technology do some of those tasks and let them, you know, handle a different process and maybe have a different title." So I think it's about back at the vendor level, more education, rethinking our marketing rethinking how we put things out there, more educational and repurposing our people to be more like, I call them solutions engineers, right? Let's, let's understand this product very deep and let's listen and learn down this path, not, you know, 
sell, 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 let's, let's listen and learn. Of course, we all need sales to grow our business, but, but how can we be a true good partner to, to stay and keep that business, not get in there with something just to close a deal and it doesn't work out in 12 months, that contract doesn't get renewed. How, how can we be a sustainable partner to have that long-term vision of growth? Right. And, you know, you mentioned, you know, sometimes people absent the right information, depending on if people are logical or linear or, you know, fast starters, whatever that may be for their personality and their risk tolerance. If we get out in front of those things and we meet them where they are, then we'll have a better chance of selling more. Right. And so it's very interesting because we did ask in the meeting today around, um, you know, do you need to be an expert in all these things, right? And and how deep of an expert do you need to be in? But I think it really comes down to they really want to make a great decision, right? And, and and sometimes it's hard to make those decisions if that information isn't available to them outside a sales conversation, right? So and and so one of the the council members mentioned in a takeaway: How do you assess with confidence, right? That was the that was one of the, how do you assess these things with confidence and what knowledge do we really need to make these decisions when we, when we say yes to something and then who brings that knowledge, you know, is it, and can somebody learn about your product, your information, who it helps, how it helps, what, what it will be like after you buy all that stuff in a way that is easy for them, frictionless, even without a sales conversation. But that, that was very um, compelling. And, and just going back to having the right people at the table and, and maybe they're, it's just, they have answers that they have to give people are asking them questions. Well, what does that mean? You know, if they're not equipped with that, the deal dies in many cases. Yeah. How does it affect another department or maybe somebody has a fresh perspective because they're dealing with similar scenarios or all those questions that need to be asked. And I'd also say that one of the the cool comments is like, I'm going to ask the same question five different ways just so I can get past the fluff and get the answer I want. And that's, that seems to be a pretty helpful tactic, especially for somebody that's worked on the technology side and needs to ask those, those tough questions. And you just can't, you have to be relentless in seeking out the answer. Yeah. Carrie, any final thoughts? You know, I think that, you know, we're learning a lot from our group. I think that they are obviously wanting to push things to the next level. But I think you hit the nail on the head, Patrick, is they want to make sure, hey, I'm making the right decision. And and I want to be informed about all these different things. And sometimes I might not know all the questions, to this piece because you're it's your product you're the expert in it and um you know i i nobody wants to make a bad decision is the bottom line <laughs> be more educated how can you bring me more educational materials about this product and what it's going to do and what's the benefits what's the roi on it so i think that's really what you know what we've heard today is you need to bring something to the table, not just, Hey, I got these things and I'm, I want to sell them to you. You need some hard information and facts with it. Yeah. We've got a great question here. I'll bring up on the screen here for, from Max here. Love to hear about the macro strategy within these organizations and how, why 
they're thinking about resource alignment for the future to best help their business optimize? It's a great question. And we talked about that today. And in fact, one of the things that I wrote down was they were expecting, let me look for it here. You know, talk to us about their, like if you're, if you have a product that solves a problem for a business and can help them create a bigger and better opportunity, I, they were leaning into show us your roadmap, show us the journey, show us your strategy. Where do you see the product evolving and going? That, that was something. And then you heard an earlier council member talk about the fact that they are looking at when they're before the buying process, that they're looking at the time that they're not buying and they're just sitting tight. They're thinking about buying and they're using that time to, you know, stage, so to speak, right? Stage conversations. So if you have an op uh, product and those potential prospects know your roadmap, know the plan, know where you're taking the product, there may, may be people sitting there absor- absorbing that, maybe not hitting your salespeople's pipelines yet, but they're absorbing that. And that seemed to be important in that longer term view. What anything else you guys pick up around that topic? Yeah, the macro, you know, initial conversations. What are what were the top three things that your product solves for? Like, if you can't articulate that, then there's got to be some misalignment or something, some gap in the technology or processes or even support ongoing. And you know, any one of those things could kill a deal, and that would maybe ultimately lead to the propensity for a salesperson to embellish or just don't have it within them to say, I don't know. Let me get let me get a solutions engineer, somebody very technical that could address these questions. And really, I, I think ultimately that's the position of a salesperson is to kind of quarterback those conversations and get the right players involved so so your clients can make informed decisions. Because you, you're not gonna lie yourself into a win or you know mislead somebody that you want the confidence in the partnership. And you know, I think that's that's the ultimate goal of everybody. I mean Salespeople want to win deals and operators want to have the best products available so they can look good to their boss or whoever, whoever's involved in those conversations. And, you know, it's, it's why we're here having these conversations. It's an honesty thing. It's a, it's a betterment of the entire industry. Yeah. You know, Patrick, one thing I've picked up since, you know, we've been doing this, not just today is that they are interested in, in, in different things coming into the market. You know, so don't think there's not room for, you know, something else, something new, something, something different. But again, as, as Ryan said, you have to show, hey, I'm, I've, we've done this because we're solving for this problem. We see this void in the industry. We see, you know, the friction maybe that a, a prospect or a resident goes through to, to, to complete a transaction or find an apartment or whatever the case is. And, and this is how we're solving for it. And then I, I think the other thing is be ready to get some critical, you know, feedback. Cause sometimes it's, you, you, you weren't right. I mean, we heard today that somebody worked on something for a couple of years and, and said, Hey, let us show you this. And was very proud of it and kind of got some of the wind out of the sails there, but hopefully there was enough, you know, feedback there to say, hey, we did miss a couple of things here. Let's let's rethink this and get those in and and take that, you know, wide as as a technologist, 
you can't just build for one company and one thing. You, you need a product that can go far and wide, but you go far and wide by listening and picking up all those different pieces and finding what I call commonalities in, in what's needed in the market and bringing those pieces into the market. Yeah, it's a great question, Max. Appreciate it. And great comments, guys. You know, <clears throat> when I when I heard that, that was interesting because my perspective on that is that feedback loop that probably saved that comp well, could save if you get to it early enough, millions of dollars in developing something that may need to be developed differently if you get to the real challenges early on. So all right. So if there are no more questions, we're going to, we're going to wrap with that. If you're interested in joining and getting involved in the multifamily innovation advisory council, you're going to want to head over to multifamilyinnovation.com. That's where we meet annually at the annual meeting at the multifamily innovation summit. And you can get involved in many different ways. So head over to multifamilyinnovation.com, learn about the council, just click on council and uh, you can apply to join there. Until then, we'll see you guys in the next show. Thanks, everybody, for joining. Thank you. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed the Multifamily Innovation Show. For show notes and other resources, visit multifamilyinnovation.com. 